0: Chapter 4 is where we're we'll going to be at this morning. First, and we'll look at verse 1 through 6. <clears throat> First Timothy, Chapter 4. As many of you know, um, my oldest daughter, Corrine, is in preschool. And uh, some, of, uh, some of our congregation has students that are in her class. And the other day, took Corrine uh, to Preschool, dropped her off gave her a hug, said, I love you, have a great day, i little love that. And then, actually, she didn't give me up, she just left. Okay I that it happens. And, um, and then she went with some boy who will probably marry her. She will go away forever. <laughs> <laughs> and we're happily ever after. So I dropped her off, and then when I was coming back to get her, I came back and I got her, and uh, a couple of dads were in front of me, as I was walking in, and the way that the preschool works is the door uh, opens, uh, so there's like a little like foyer type area, and then there's after the foyer, uh, there's where the kids have preschool, and the teacher will open the door, and so you can see into kind of what's going on in the class. There's a couple other dads that were in front of me, as I'm coming into uh, the preschool, and I see that, sh- that Corrine can see me, and so I'm walking, in, and And her teacher looks at it, and she goes, not your dad, not your dad, not your dad. And she goes, that's my dad! Yes! Score one for dad, zero for boys. (laughs) And um, it was interesting. The reason she knows that I'm her dad is because she spends time with me. The reason she knows that the guys who are in front of me are not her dad is because they don't meet the qualifications of the real deal, right? It hurt it. And so she can look at those guys in her friends, she can go, no, not it, not it, not it. He's it. He's my dad. I know him because I spend time with him. I know him because he knows me. And when we get into First Timothy chapter 4, here's where we're at. Is we're going to start talking about these things that are counterfeit, Paul is going to communicate to Timothy that there are some things and there are some people out there who may look like the real deal, but they're not the real deal. There may be some people out there that look like they're Christians, and and, and in reality, they are not Christians. They're they're false. Jesus builds a church, Matthew chapter 16. We see he loves it. Ephesians chapter 5. And his desire, Jesus' desire for us as Christians, okay, is that we would be truly obedient to him because of that gospel which we have received, which is that Jesus died and then he rose again. And we would cling to that message. We would cling to it so much that we would commit our lives fully in obedience to what his word says because of that gift. But he says, okay, Beware, Christian. Beware, brother. Beware, sister. There are going to be some people out there. There's going to be some fakes out there. Those is, Timothy's going to say, have fallen away. All right? We're going to have to unpack that for a little bit. What does that mean? What do these counterfeits look like? And how does it apply to me? That's my three questions to ask going into this text. Let's look at it. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. It says this. It says, <clears throat> now, the Spirit expressively says in that latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to de- deceitful spirits and teaching the, among demons, though the insincerity of liars, through the insincerity of liars, excuse me, whose conscience is seared. I talked to my dad the other day. I said, Dad, i got to stop preaching hard Bible passages. <laughs> right? you just like one after another, after another, after another. Timothy chapter 4 is, is no different. What is he talking about? Well, first thing that we see here is those who have fallen away. Okay? We have to understand that first thing. Of what it means of those who have fallen away. He says in the text, The Spirit expressively says in the later times, Or some of your translations say last days, Some will depart from the faith or leave it, oh Lord, help me, by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. We gotta clarify some terms. First thing, what is the last days? Last days are the days in which we are living in. How do we know that this time period that we live in right now is the last days? The Bible tells us that the last days started when Jesus ascended to heaven, okay, to sit at the right hand of the Father. And it will go all the way until Jesus returns the same way in which he left. Those are the last days. The period between the ascension and the second coming or the descension of Jesus Christ. Okay, He will come to take his people. Those are the last days. So we're living in it. All right, it's applicable to us. Then he says there are some that will fall away. Another term for it would be reject. Another term for it would be depart from People who leave the faith or make this choice called apostasy. A conscience effort to walk away withdrawing from their salvation on their own will. <laughs> Let there be no divisions among you in the church this morning. Right? We're going to make a little note here. The great debate pops up right here on once saved, always saved. It is very present in the text. And to maintain some order for this morning, okay, because we don't want any, anybody to, you know, jump across the, 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 the aisle or anything and you know how that goes. You've been in church for a while. Or maybe you have not and you're like, wait, what? What happened? So let's, let's have that. No, we won't do that. So to maintain some order, we have to remember that only God knows the status of someone's heart. Okay? We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Only God knows if somebody knows him or doesn't know him. No man can truly know if someone has committed themselves to Christ. We can't be 100% sure that someone has made the decision to follow Christ. We have some fruit that comes to the surface, but a man's heart is only known by God. The key here for us this morning is to see that there are counterfeits that exist that look like true Christians. And so we will not debate this status of somebody's heart this morning. We will look and see if we can uncover some that are false. And how to uncover ones that who have apostatized or rejected the truths of Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. That is the gospel. It is that simple. And it is for us to make sure that we are checking good doctrine. When push comes to shove, there will be people who claim to have made that commitment, but they will reject it. And they will apostatize and they will serve Satan over Jesus Christ. How do we know this? A couple of verses. We see this in other places in the text. Matthew chapter 24 verse 10. It says, at that time, many will turn away from the faith, will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. This is going to happen. In the last days, this is going to happen. This is going to take place. I guarantee you, this is going to take place, okay? Another verse. He says in Mark chapter 13, false messiahs or false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive the possible. Satan comes as an angel of light, masquerades himself. And then we get this hard passage, maybe someday we'll preach Mark, and we'll talk about Mark 13, 22, where it says even the elect. Extremely difficult passage of Scripture. Third one, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3-4. In the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing, and follow their own evil desires. People will come, they will claim to know Jesus Christ, and they will fall away. They are counterfeits. There was a man who bought his dad's old car. sat idle for a year, but it had original tires on it. He goes out, he, he takes the car, he, he you know, puts gear in, starts it, drives it down the road. Everything's good until he gets a flat tire. <laughs> he starts thinking to himself, all right, I'll take this tire in, he takes the tire in, the guy looks at it, he says, Oh, you got a hole in the tire, we're gonna patch that tire, and then we're gonna go ahead and what we're gonna do is we're gonna send you back on his way. He sends him back on his way, everything's great, everything's fine. Until he gets another hole in the tire. Brings it back to Sand again, he's like, hey, what's the deal with this tire? <laughs> keeps getting holes in it. Upon further review, I like that statement. Upon further review, the belt in the middle of the tire, there's a a steel belt in the middle of the tire, was broken which continued to cause holes. So it is with the counterfeits. Something's broken which continues to cause holes, and we can see some of those holes. How do we see some of those holes? What are some of the things which false teachers and counterfeits have in their doctrine that we can identify? What are some things that I can do as a test to prepare myself to make sure that my doctrine is sound and that the doctrine which I am allowing in or the opinions of others that are coming in is sound biblically as well with what the Bible says. How can I do these things? How can I reveal these counterfeits? Is there a test? Well, yeah, sure there's a test. He gives a couple of these things. Right here in the text, as he continues to talk. He says, They first and foremost freely choose. Now, the Spirit expressly says, In later times, some will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Devoting themselves, freely making a choice. What's a choice? The choice is on where they stand with the gospel. I've had a couple of conversations this week where people have had some... Incidences and circumstances with um, people in their life and ask me some just very simple advice. Jordan, where do I start? This is the issue that I'm dealing with with a with a friend or a brother or a sister or whatever the case is. Where do I start with them? What do I what do I do? I said it always comes back to the gospel. What is the gospel? According to 1 Timothy chapter 1, the gospel of Jesus died according to the scriptures. Jesus rose according to the scriptures. He offers us a relationship with him based on Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you would confess and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Where do you stand with that offer and that opportunity? That's my first question to anybody. It doesn't matter if were marriage counseling the regular counseling or anything in regards to a conversation about an issue... Where do you stand on choosing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have you committed to it, or are you rebelling against it? Ask that question with the things that are coming into your eyes, your ears, everything. Where do they stand on the gospel? What is that gospel? Is it self, or is it Savior? Is Jesus, Lord. Number one, Okay. Everything. Even teachers, stuff like that. Analyze it. Where do you stand with the gospel? Teaching, biblical teaching. Where are we at with the gospel? Does it all come back to the gospel? Second thing, they are, according to what the text says, seduced by spirits and doctrines of demons. The Ephesian people in the day were submitting to corrupt teachers over the Holy Spirit's counsel. That doesn't happen in today's world, does it? People in today's world... Don't submit to corrupt teachers over the Holy Spirit's counsel, do we? Can we do that? And what happened was, they were seduced by a spirit that wasn't of God, and they justified the doctrines of demons. Now, this is also what happens when we justify our own sin, isn't it? Right? It's fun to justify our own sin. And what's happening in the day is, the Ephesian people are submitting here, saying, well, this guy's not so bad, or this teaching's not so bad, or this... This TV program is not so bad. They had TVs in Ephesus. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> the question that we ask is, is Jesus Lord? And then we ask, what are we listening to? Whose voice is in our ear? Some people say, Jordan, I never hear the voice of God. So if you want to hear the voice of God, i the Bible and start reading. Who is being listened to? If Jesus is Lord and we have submitted ourselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ, then once we get a teacher or something starts to come across the airwaves that goes into our eyes or into our ears, the question, the next question we ask is who's being listened to? Is it myself? Is it the world? Or is it the word of God? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to be a counselor for my life? Because that's what he is. I must allow the Holy Spirit to be a counselor for the things in which I intake in my eyes and my ears. So that I will not be seduced by the spirits and the doctrines of demons which are so present in today's world. Surely you need this. Surely you need that. Surely this is something that's good for you. Right? How many things get thrown at us and how many times do we filter them against what God's word says? So they freely choose what is the gospel in which they choose, okay? Seduced by spirits and doctrines of demons. In other words, what is the counseling we're listening to? We're listening to God's word, or we not. Listen to the Holy Spirit's leading in through. They believe spoken lies and hypocrisy. The Ephesian people are allowing things to come into their life, they're allowing things to happen. And what's happening is it's a slippery slope that's taking them away from the doctrine which is good, which is of God. And it's moving them over into another area or arena, and it's causing them to fall away. This happened when their own doctrine or lies of the devil were placed higher than God's laws and commands. So, <clears throat> track with me here, church. Just ask yourself that simple question. Is my own doctrine, my own opinion, my own beliefs that are not backed up by scripture being held in a higher importance or placed higher than God's laws and commands that are in his word? Look at the text. The Spirit expressly says, in the latter times, some are going to depart, fall away from the faith, because they devoted themselves to deceitful spirits, teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Lies, lies, lies. Come in, come in, come in. We believe those lies. Once we believe those lies, we start to be obedient to those lies instead of being obedient to God's word. And so the next question that's in place is, are we obediently living out what scripture says? I have to believe the gospel, which Jesus Christ died and rose again. I have to listen to the spirit that comes from the study and application of living out the word. Then, once I do that... I'm obediently following what Scripture says. I can point out whether something is truth or something is not truth. The Bible is truth. No, I meant there. Amen. There we go. Okay. Is the Bible the authority that we practice? Let me just ask you that question. I mean, these are some things that I have to go back to in my everyday life because there are so many great books out there. <laughs> There's so many great preachers out there. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I like the guy down the road He's really really. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Who is being listened to? What is the gospel that's happening? Because if those lies continue to come in, watch what happens. Timothy tells us that the conscience becomes seared like the hot iron. The illustration is something like this. If we were to take an iron out here, and since the amen came from the back, and I would bring that individual up on stage, and I would say, I have a hot iron here. (laughs) thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that hot iron, and I'm going to put it on your skin for just a, a few seconds. And it plugs in right down here to this outlet that's underneath this pulpit. And what happens is I put that on the skin, and all of a sudden I pull it off, and, it, and a, a, a shriek goes out. A, a, a high-pitched, girly little shriek goes out right. from the state director. So, what did you do? If we were to give it enough time, it would become hardened, wouldn't it? It would become hardened. And once it becomes hardened, what's what's happening is the skin is very soft. It's very delicate to the touch. If I were to touch my skin just slightly, I could go ahead and I could feel that. If you want to, you can go ahead and do this too because it's a test that proves to be true. If you just touch your skin, it's soft and it's sensitive. And what happens is it it is is sensitive to the touch. But if you burn it, it is not sensitive to the touch anymore. It's like if you ever got super glue on your fingers... Oh, Lord help me. What happens is, you, you, you kind of go like this, and then all of a sudden you hit where the super glue's at, and you go over it, and you're, and you're like, that doesn't feel like my skin, that feels like something else. Right? Or if you ever got burned from a stove, or or something happened in uh, a tragic accident in the, in the kitchen, or whatever, wherever you're, you're you're cutting yourself, or burning yourself, or whatever. Uh, straight uh, curling iron, hair straight. Every, all these people are like bringing things up like where they've gotten burned. Use whichever one you got. What happens is the skin is not sensitive to the touch anymore. Backtrack. Those who freely choose anything that is against the gospel... ...and are seduced by spirits and the doctrines of demons... ...and believe in the spoken lies of hypocrisy... ...from what the devil will go ahead and put in front of them... ...their conscience becomes seared like a hot iron. It is no longer sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit... ...because it has been hardened. And I would almost even go as far to say... As this is what happens in the Old Testament when God talks about the hardening of the heart, almost not fully convinced yet. If Jesus isn't Lord, and the Spirit isn't where we draw our counsel from, and the Bible is not our final authority on everything, then the conscience is seared and will fall away. That's something to think about. He's not done. It. <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. So, the Spirit expressively says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits, teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who do what? Here's what he says. They forbid marriage, require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving, and by those who believe and know the truth. So here's our test, and we kind of have that test, and we can kind of see, okay, here's where some of those holes start popping up. And we can see some counterfeits from those things. If they don't submit to Jesus as Lord, if uh, the Spirit isn't where they're drawing their counsel from, if the Bible's not the final authority, we see some of these things happen. Some more kind of test comes up because we know what they're against. And what is that? Besides opposing the gospel, the Spirit, and the Word... Those who were seduced gained momentum in being against some other things. And what happened was they started to become legalistic in their practices on two things. First thing we see is marriage. Celibacy and virginity were seen as a state that was more holy than one who was married. The Bible says that marriage is fine. Adam and Eve, Peter, I don't know if you know this or not, was he was married because Jesus comes and visits his mother-in-law... Right? We see that Paul, even though he was single, he says, Get married. If you have that desire, get married. What's happening here in marriage is, is that in Ephesus, the preference is becoming more important than biblical practice. It's what society wanted, not what God wanted. Do we do that? You ever do that? This is what I want, so because this is what I want, I'm going to twist Scripture just a little bit so I can get what I want. I always ask people when they come up with something of why they do what they do. Where did you get that from? Where did you get that? Did you get that from the Bible? Did you get that from the Spirit's leading based off what the Bible says? Did you get that from the Gospel and what you ever received? Where did you get those things Nowhere in the Bible does it say that celibacy and virginity are going to put you on a mere more spiritual platform than anybody else. However. What else are they against? They're against meat. Meat's commonly translated food, almost exclusively animal food, or that which was forbidden under the Jewish code. Now, remember, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening in the text. You have in the in Ephesus, you have Jews who are coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then you have Gentiles who are not Jewish coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is some lack of communication taking place. The Jews that are coming in are saying, we should do these things. The, The Gentiles who are coming into the relationship says, we don't want to do those things. That doesn't make any sense. Why would we do those things? We're underneath grace. Jews are bringing in the Old Testament laws and commands. Gentiles are looking at it and going, I don't understand those laws and commands. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to follow Christ. And what's happening is all the eating of meat was coming up over what was obedience and you got legalism that's taking place. And so some of these Christian Jews, as well as just regular Jews, would forbid the use of certain meats that was reserved for a long time ago and promote it and say this is what you should be doing. It's an legalism. If you do this, you will be closer to Jesus Christ. If you do this, you will be deeper in your walk with God. Hold on a second. Where? Where? Where did you get that from? 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 14 says, False and immoral teachers are called blemishes for their legalism. Anybody who's in the church that promotes some sort of standard that if you do this, you'll get this, is a blemish, according to 2 Peter. What's a blemish? How many of you guys were ever in junior high? Been there, right? You wake up in the morning and think to yourself, it's going to be a great day, I can't wait, and then you go and you look in the front of the mirror and, oh, God, why have you forsaken me, right, and you think to yourself, maybe is poppable, (laughs) and so what you do is you rearrange your face in a little type of direction, and you think to yourself, oh, this hurts so bad, no, it's not, have red all over your face. <laughs> and you think, oh, what are we doing? Okay, that <laughs> one's not going to happen, so now your head looks like Bob the Tomato. <laughs> and you think to yourself, man, I, I, I've gone astray. <laughs> Those blemishes on your face distract from They're impurities in the skin. So it is with counterfeits and false teachers. And those who promote this legalistic act. Of the fact that if you do this, you'll get this. That These people who come, who are false. Who will fall away when push comes to shove. These immoral teachers. Who teach and promote this form of legalism. Are blemishes to that which is perfect. And that's Jesus. It's funny to me, too, if we were really to look at this, and some people think they need to clear up their face before the Father will forgive them. And God says, no, 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 no. You come to me. You come to me. And I will make you. What is it doing to the body? Well, the promotion of legalism is harming the body of Christ. It does a couple things. One, it places rule following over willful obedience, which is true worship. Those of you who are parents understand this, right? Those of you who are moms and dads, whether your kids are grown and out of the house or still in the house, you totally get this. Because you understand that when a child does something on their own accord willingly, it is far more beneficial... (laughs) Than it is if it is forced. So it is with God. God loves when we freely worship him. If he built in us the fact that we had to worship him. It wouldn't be true worship. It wouldn't be true love. God's grace in the offering of Christ on the cross. Commands us to come and die to ourselves. And live for Jesus Christ on our own accord. It is a decision that you make. I will follow Jesus from this day forward. I will do what God wants me to do because I want to do those things. We can't take our opinions, bend those scriptures to support our own personal viewpoints. Be very careful with that. Be very careful with that. I've made this mistake many times with sharing with somebody what Jesus is and how he moves in, in life. What I've realized is a couple of times I've gotten into that situation I wanted them to become something that I wanted them to become and not what Jesus wanted them to become. When we walk into a relationship and we say, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you who He is. I want to tell you what He can do for you. We let God take over. And we let the Holy Spirit work in that person's life. And we point constantly back to the Word, back to the Holy Spirit's teaching, back to the gospel which we have received okay why is this so important? Good question 1st <clears throat> Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected it is to be received with thanksgiving see the welcomeness there? thanksgiving is to be received with thanksgiving for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer I'm going to go a little bit further in verse 6 I know some of you guys have a little break there or whatever in your text, but it says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of faith and have good doctrine that you have followed. When we follow the words of God, becoming servants of Jesus, because of the salvation we receive, Paul is going to plead with Timothy here, that after knowing these things, the attitude in which you must have is prayer and devotion Look at right there in verse 6. If you put these things before the brothers. In other words, if you present them to the congregation. If you share with the people these things. You're going to be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Allow them to test. Allow them to go and be trained in the words of faith. And have good doctrine that you have followed. Verse 5. It is made good by the word of God and prayer. The two biggest tools in the tool belt of Christianity. The word of God. The authority of my life, prayer, the connection to the Creator. If you put these in front of these people, you have to stand firm on the fight for what is sound in doctrine, what is true. People need this today. Tragedy, shootings, plane crashes. Poor parents. Problems. Think of all the things that people deal with on an everyday basis. Go read the news feed on your Facebook page. See all the people who are falling into the opinions of the world. See all the people who are submitting themselves to the truth of the day instead of the truth that has stood the test of time. That are desperate for an answer. He says you give these things to the people. You show them that the word of God. You show them that obedience to that word of God. Because the gospel they have received. And the counsel of the spirit that will come. Is better than anything else that they have ever obtained. You show these people that. And what happens is. Men and women. No matter who they come in contact with. Will see the truth. And be attracted to that. Because what is happening in the congregation. As well as what is happening on an individual basis. Now is the time for weak men, or now is not the time for weak men and weak pulpits in weak churches to preach weak messages. I love that quote. This is not a time for weak men or weak women in weak pulpits. You preach a message every day in every setting that you are in. In weak churches to preach weak messages. This is the truth that scripture has laid out for us. I want what's best for you based off of what God's word says. I don't want you to fall victim into something that is not of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to fall victim into something that is not true. in good sound doctrine, which is the authority of the word of God, which is in front of us. I want what's best for you. And what's best for you is to listen to the message that is presented here in the text. To be devoted to the Word of God and prayer. This is the same thing that is stated in chapter 1. As we've said a couple of times in this, understand, in this unpacking in this text, sound doctrine is always a fight worth fighting for. It is our duty to, one, gracefully show errors. Gracefully show errors. I have a buddy of mine, he is phenomenal at this. He is also very untactful about this. (laughs) He's really good at it. Gracefully show errors. That's not true. That's not what the text says. That's not what the Bible talks about. I just read that this morning. No, we're not there. Two, caution others on how to avoid that error. I see too many times, brothers and sisters who are in relationship with one another, allowing their brother and sister to... Fall to these spirits and doctrines of the devil. And it's just like, they just let it go. If you see your brother and sister who is drowning in a pool, you would run to them and you would restore them. Matter of fact, this happened in our church just a little bit ago. It happened about a year ago where one of our, one of our kids, they were, at, they were at a party and he literally drowned. And somebody from our church ran over and pulled him out and. Revived him and saved his life. Like that's a great picture of what happens in the world, but are we doing that in the world with the word? Are we spurring one another on? Are we looking at it and saying, hey, this is not what the Bible says, this is not what the word teaches, this is not where we're at. Like, you gotta have sound doctrine according to the word of God and prayer. You gotta focus on these things and make sure you get this right so that we know how to live. And then Timothy's going to talk about, Paul's going to talk about Timothy. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You should not neglect the God-given gift to expose Satan, his lies, and his work against the church. That's convicting. Because how many times have I let these who present themselves with deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through insincerity of lies whose consciences are seared to come and to rise to the surface because I'm too timid to access the power of God. So friends, church, in the last days, some will fall away. They will reject sound doctrine. They will lead people against God. They'll twist the words of Scripture for the glory of the devil. My charge to you this week is to stay on point. Read the word. Study the word. Spend time in prayer to your creator. Ask him to protect you. Ask him to protect your homes. Ask him to protect you in your workplaces. Isn't it amazing that Jesus, at the end of his trial, and the devil has pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, At the end of his trial, he prays a prayer that is magnificent and one that we should repeat. He says, God, if you would, bring your angels. And they came and ministered to his needs. They came and surrounded him. Watch yourselves. Remember who you are, good servants of Jesus Christ. Remember that doctrine which you have, which is training you, In the words of faith. Follow the Spirit who is spurring you on. Right. I love in Hebrews chapter 5, post it this morning. That Jesus learned obedience through trial. We will have trial. The church will have trial. It will happen. These men will come. These women will come. They will rise to the surface. And we will see how obedient we are when that happens. Be humbly obedient to the gift you receive. And I promise you, you will never go wrong. Never. Let's pray for some of that protection this morning. Father God. We praise you that you are King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Messiah, able to help us discern that which is not of you. We praise the fact that you have given us the ability to study what is real so that we can identify that which is fake. And God, my prayer this morning for all the people as well as myself who are gathered here. Is that we would know you so well. We would have such a solid relationship with you. That as we see some people who are coming our way. One after another. After another. After another. We know who you really are. Because we've spent time with you. That we would have the ability to look through all of that. And say, that's my dad. That's my dad. That's the guy who died on the cross for my sins. That's a guy who rose again. That's a guy who defeated death. And with him, I have power to call out the enemy in his schemes. Send angels to protect this church. Send your angels to protect us in our homes, our jobs, as we parent. We have relationship with one another. So that we would see the counterfeits. Help us to spend time with you this week in your word. Following obediently what it says. And not placing our own opinions on what scripture. Placing our own opinions greater than what scripture says. God would you help us do that? Help us to get on our knees in prayer. Help us to seek your face before we seek anything else, to plead with you, to ask you to help us, to lean on you in your word. God, we know we fall so short of that, so much. We know that we fall short, we submit ourselves to our own flesh transgressions. We know we do that. Forgive us for that, God. us to see how great it is to be in a relationship with you. Give your people this week peace and joy as they obediently follow after you. Let us see your hand in all things. And let us see your hand overcome all things. I don't have to say. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.